All right, you ready for the word? Yeah. Come on, let's dive in. Grab your Bibles. Your pastor's in a series called I'm All Right. How many all right people we got in the room today? Yeah. Amen. I'm all right. I am, I am A-OK. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm a child of God. He's been in the book of Romans, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible, because I love Paul. Now, I'm not going against Paul, but uh, Paul, Paul isn't my favorite character in the Bible or representative in the Bible. My favorite representative in the Bible is actually um, a man that I'm not going to mention right now because I don't want to take us off course, but he was known as an encourager. Y'all know who that is? He was known as a motivator. He was known as a lifter. He was known as a pusher, as a, as a, as a supporter. But Paul here is that same man. He just comes with a little bit more authority. He comes with much more power. Paul was a motivator and a rebuker at the same time. You know that word rebuke, right? To correct. But he did it in such a graceful way, in my opinion. When I read from Paul, I hear from a motivator. I hear also from an encourager. But I also, I feel convicted into change. Not because me making changes is necessary for God to love me. But me making changes is necessary for me to be a true representative of what God's kingdom looks like. Are you following me here? And so pastor's been going through the book of Romans and he told me, he said, man, preach whatever you want. But I'm the kind of guy, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm your uncle, I got to just echo pups. <laughs> and so I want to dive right into this series of I'm all right. And I noticed every week he's been doing a different topic within the series. But today... I want to talk about how you're all right because you're moving with God. Somebody say out loud, I'm moving with God. I'm moving with God. Say it with confidence. I'm moving with God. Romans chapter number 12, verse number one. In the King James, I want to read first. All right, so don't put it on the screen just yet. I want to read it first from the King James. And then I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter number 12. And I'm not going to go too much into the historical context of the text because I know pastor's taking time to go through this and teach you. And he's, man, he's, it's been powerful what I've been listening to over the last couple of weeks. I know you're growing. I know your spirit is just thickening up in this season, isn't it? Because of this powerful teaching. But the New King James Version reads just like this. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Somebody say holy. holy. Somebody say acceptable to, God, acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service. How many believe that? And verse number two says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Oh, that's wonderful. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I love the more timid translations, the more contemporary translations of the word. Some of them we can call translations, and then some we actually call paraphrases, because some of them are not literal translations, but they paraphrase the scripture so that we can have a clear understanding of it, so that the one who is maybe hearing the word for the first time can have better clarity versus the original text. These translations and paraphrases speak to us kind of like Paul was right here in 2021 tweeting. So he says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies 
To who? Because all he has done for you. Listen to that level of responsibility right there. One of the greatest things we can do when we reflect on the goodness of the Lord is to simply be willing to sacrifice ourselves for him. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. He's praying. He's begging. He's going above and beyond. There's even other scripture in the book of Philippians where Paul said, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Some people misinterpret that. And they say, well, I'm confident in myself. But actually, Paul wasn't talking about his own confidence there in Philippians. He was telling the people, I am being confident for you. My confidence is at a high for you. I'm, lift, I'm, I'm hyped up for what your potential is. I'm excited about what you can produce. And here in Romans, he's going above and beyond before he gets there. And he's saying, my dear brothers, I beseech you. I plead with you. He's not praying for himself. He's begging the people to make this step. So in this, you see an example of a leader who is putting himself on the back burner and going above and beyond for the purpose of change for the people. Isn't that something that you see even in your leadership here? During this month of Pastor Appreciation Month and we're moving with God, recognizing the voice of a leader and then realizing your leader is so passionate about you stepping to the plate and coming to another level in the kingdom so that you can represent the kingdom the right way. It's the same way that Paul is, is beseeching the brethren and the sister in, so to speak, to give their bodies to God. And he says, let them be a living and a what? Holy sacrifice. Separate from the world, different from the world, not perfect, but different. And then he goes further to say, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. One thing I love about the true and living God that we serve, he does not expect any of us to serve him perfectly. But because we are in him and he is in us, you go back to the book of Psalms, the world looking at us from the outside looks at us and they can mark the perfect man and behold the upright. Marking the perfect man and beholding the upright has nothing to do with you living a mistake-free life, but it has everything to do with you, watch this here, doing all that you can that God finds your labor, your sacrifice, your work, and your living acceptable in his sight. How many people in the room can say, man of God, I am pursuing the acceptable in his sight type of life. I may not be perfect. I may not dot every I. I may not cross every T, but my goodness, I'm sure enough pressing towards that mark. Let me tell you something. If you've got that attitude and you've got that spirit, you, are, you carry what I call the heart of repentance, which is necessary for every kingdom believer. Whether you've just gotten saved last week or you've been saved for the last 70 years, every one of us has to maintain a heart of repentance before God, where we wake up and we daily, we daily submit ourselves to the Lord with repentance. Because let me tell you this here. So let me tell you this here, even in all of our encouragement and in all of our motivation, sometimes we overlook the fact that we've got to wake up every day with a prayerful heart and having a heart of repentance where we wake up saying, Father, I thank you for this day. You end the day literally by saying, Father, forgive me of every one of my sins. Watch this here. Those things that I know of and those things that I don't know of. You know why you got to pray that prayer? Because the enemy has a shrewd way 
of while we're living acceptable in his sight and we're pursuing perfection in God and we're doing all the necessary things that we represent the kingdom of God the right way, the enemy has a way of creeping up on us sometimes and slipping into our mind and slipping into some of our action and getting into some of our emotions and we don't even realize that there are things that are subtly pulling us away from God slowly but surely and we don't even realize it and if we don't have a heart of repentance and we are we are being intentional about staying before God in prayer and staying before God in fellowship sacrificing our bodies sacrificing our minds moving with God you'll wake up one day and you'll find yourself distant from him in a place where you're trying to force your way back but I want to encourage somebody right here, right now, and in this place. You're in the right place right now. You've got the right mindset right now. You've got anybody hungry for that right now? You're in the right season right now. Maintain a heart of repentance so that the enemy, when he sees you, he automatically knows that's going to be a hard person to distract. I might as well back off. I might as well back off their family. I might as well back off that marriage. I might as well back up off their health. I might as well back up off their finances. That's somebody who has given their life to God as a holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable in God's sight. And I've got to keep my hands off of them. And then you got to be bold in this season that when you see the tricks of the enemy trying to pull you out of your place in God, you be quick to speak against the enemy and decree and declare, I will not go back to where I used to be. I will not go back to those old thoughts. I will not go back to a lackadaisical faith I am standing and I am moving with God if you believe it shout amen somebody I'm moving with God he says he says in verse number two he says in verse number two he says don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world but let God transform you any transformed people in the room this morning let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Write this down if you have it. Write this down if you have it. The, 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 only, the only hindrance to you walking in the glory of God is if you allow the enemy to occupy your mind. Somebody say, I'm moving with God. Somebody say, I'm all right. The enemy don't want you to believe that. So he takes residence in our minds. He takes residence in our thoughts. Because he knows that our thinking is the seed for our destiny. What do you mean, Brother Marcus? What you think affects how you feel. How you feel affects how you act. Your actions develop your habits. Your habits develop your character. And your character ultimately lands you in your destination. So if you, if, if, if you think that you're not good enough, you'll feel like you're not good enough. If you feel like you're not good enough, what you gonna do? You're gonna start acting like you're not good enough. You start acting like you're not good enough, you develop low self-esteem type habits. And when you develop low self-esteem type habits, you have a low self-esteem kind of character. This is why you can look at somebody and tell that they have a low self-esteem or they feel like they're not good enough because it shows in how they behave. And then that behavior ultimately leads to your destiny. You'll have a destiny where you're in a place where you're living a life that doesn't match what God intended for you before you were formed in your mother's womb. <clears throat> but if you get a little, watch this here, little Holy Ghost stuck up. Where you, where, you, where you put on the mind of Christ and you say, I know who I am. And I know whose I am. You take on confident thoughts in God because you say, I'm all right because I'm his child. 
The hand of God is on my life. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The glory, the kabod has rested on my life. And I know who I am. When you think confidence like that, guess what? You feel confident. You start acting confident. You develop confident type habits. Another thing, that's why people can look at somebody and say, well, they got a whole lot of confidence. Why? Because it's revealed in how they carry themselves. There's a light on people that knew who they are, especially when you know who you are in Jesus Christ, especially when you know who you are in the kingdom. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a different light on kingdom confidence than the world's confidence. How many kingdom confident people in the room right now? Shout, I'm confident. Say it, say it. Say, I know who I am. See, 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 you start feeling it, you start acting it, you develop confident habits, you, de you develop a confident character, and you step into a, defini a, de a destination that matches your confidence. The manifestation of your dreams rests in your willingness to act like it's already done before it happens. So he says, don't think like the world. The world waits for results. The world has to see it to believe it with their natural eyes. As children of God and we're moving with God, we don't have to see it with our natural eyes to know that it's already done. We trust that God has already set things up and we're just moving with God until it manifests fully. Amen. I even prophesy right now for this church, the new building, the new property, the parking lots, the schools, the gyms. You may not see it with your natural eyes at the moment, but as you're moving with God and you put on the mind of Christ, the world waits for contracts, the world waits for good deals, but we have it already settled. It's already built. The space is already ready. Your sign is already made. The place is already full. If you believe it, shout amen, somebody. But let God transform you to a new person. Man, I feel like y'all are excited about that. I feel like you're stirred up about what the Lord is about to do for this church. I'm going to declare that you will not go through the whole year of 2022 without that new building. 2023, you will be in your new space. Because you're all right with that. This church is all right. This church is better than all right. And when you're better than all right, God has the best in store for you. Somebody say it's going to happen. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Church, God's will for you which is good. Somebody say, which is good. Which is What's the next word? Which is And which is He's talking about you here. We got to start reading the Bible like it's some history history book that was only meant for that time this is a rhema word for this time this is why we still have the bible this is why this bible is more relevant than today's news this is why this bible is the longest lasting book in all of history because it just wasn't for that time the lord allowed us to read this today so that we can apply it today and this word is for us learn god's will for you as an individual as a church which is good perfect and pleasing Stop letting the world tell you that living your best life is disappointing to God. Or that some way, somehow, the more you struggle, the more you show how close you are to God. That's a lie. Prosperity is God's idea. It's God's idea and it's God's plan for your life. It's his perfect will for your life. 
I'm not saying everybody's going to be a billionaire, a millionaire, but I will tell you this, everybody in this room as a child of God, your needs will be met and you'll have overflow. And you can, you can enjoy the good, the pleasing, and the perfect in that place. If I'm talking about you, say amen. amen. But this part here, I just love it so much, where he says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Do you really think of yourself as all right? Do you really think of yourself as good enough for God to use you? That's something I say all the time. You can write this down as well. See yourself as a representative and the proof of God's power. You can say that and, and be telling the truth. It goes beyond that. Ain't even just your opinion. That's not even a fact. It's a principle. Opinions up to the individual. Facts can change. It's a fact that it's cold in the winter. But then there's times where you can have a warm day. So that fact changes. It doesn't last depending upon how things change. But principles last forever. Principles are foundational. So if you live on the principle that you are proof that God is real. Well, Brother Marcus, I got a criminal background. Cool. You're here right now. You are proof. That God is real? Well, Brother Marcus, I've been through divorce. Okay, you're still here. You are proof that God is still here? I had an illness that other people in my family members, they died of it, but I'm still living. You are the proof. Well, I was a part of another religion. Then I found Jesus. Well, how am I the proof? You are the proof that God's power is real. You're the proof of God's ability and his willingness to bless people, to use people, to anoint people, to take people from the miry clay, as they say, to the kingdom. By changing the way you think, by changing the way you think, I'm almost out of time, but can I write down some things that I want you to think about? I want you to write some things down that I want you to think about as we're doing what? We're moving with God. We're moving with God. We're moving with God. And, 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 and I, love, I love the tech savviness of this church because I still say write things down because for whatever reason, I'm so old school. Can't you tell? But, but I, I, I sent over some thoughts that I want to share with you. Some things to think about as we wrap this up. You ready for it? No, they didn't add more time. Write this down. When changing the way you think, you got to guard your ears. So hearing from God is so important. Hearing from God requires the intentional elimination of carnal distractions. Hearing from God requires the intentional elimination of carnal distractions. Now just wait a minute. I don't know who's controlling the screen, but I'm not even going to look at my phone. I'm just going to trust you guys are just going to roll with me, okay? Hearing from God, because y'all are excellent like that. Hearing from God requires the intentional elimination of carnal distractions. That word carnal represents anything that is not like God, anything that pulls you away from God. 
So if we have some distractions in our life that are carnal, you got to be intentional about removing those distractions if you want to hear from God clearly. Because with those distractions, you'll always be saying, well, Lord, is that you? Is it me or is it the enemy? We want to get to the place where we always know that it's the Lord. We always know when it's ourself, and we always know when it's the enemy. Anybody ever been there? Let's be honest. Come on. Guess what? Even in my mature place in God, there are moments where I have to pause and say, wait a minute, let me not make that move yet so that I can know that I've heard from the Lord. Because it gets difficult sometimes. Even in our spirituality, even in our walks with God, as much as we fellowship with the Lord, we are still human. We are still flesh. This is why we've got to intentionally remove every distraction possible so that we don't miss God when he's speaking. So, speaking of hearing from God, go to the next one. Divine clarity comes the more you spend time in God's word and in accurate prophetic atmospheres. Divine clarity comes the more you spend time in God's word, that's personal time, and in accurate prophetic atmospheres. That's when you go and gather and worship. I'm speaking to you, like I said, like Uncle Marcus right now, right? Because I want everybody in this church to remain pure and clear as it concerns your assignment here at Church of the Bridge. I'm a pastor supporter. Very rare where I preach a message where I don't support the pastor that I'm coming to speak for. You got to be very careful that you don't find yourself slipping into atmospheres that aren't accurate in God. Are you hearing me? Because inaccurate prophetic atmospheres, you'll hear somebody saying that they heard something from the Lord and it's off. And they'll have you running fast in the wrong direction. This is why you got to stay close up under Pastor Jose and Pastor Annette because they truly hear from God. And any word that comes from this man's mouth is prophetic for your life and will keep you on the right path so that you can go where you're going the right way at the right speed at the right time. Amen? Somebody say, accurate prophetic atmosphere. All right, watch this here. Moving with God, next one, requires separation from people who reject the shift that's happening in your life. Somebody say, I'm all right. A lot of people don't believe you're all right. And those people are going to have to see your life manifest in the better than all right for them to believe that you were really all right the whole time. Don't let anybody speak against what God is doing in your life in this season. How many of you feel that you've been growing and shifting even this year, right? Let me tell you something. You're in a room with people who are celebrating that, so you've got to be, be careful whether they're friends, even family members, of people who will speak against what God is doing in your life. The most disappointing thing that I see is when somebody gives their life to the Lord and they go around their family members and friends and they testify and say, God is doing something new in me. And people laugh and say, yeah, right. That won't last long. Some of you have heard that. But let me tell you something. The is a liar. Matter of fact, some of those folks that doubted your salvation and doubted your change and doubted your conversion, they will come to you and you will lead them to the Lord. But you got to be purposeful in this season of your life to separate yourself from people who speak against the shift that's taking place in your life. You got to be intentional about getting around folks that will motivate your will to stay with God. That's why I love that men's retreat this week. 
We weren't discouraging each other to walk away from God. Those moments are necessary to remind one another we're all going through something. We're all dealing with something. We're all going through some type of pain and some type of struggle. I talked with a brother. I had no idea that he had had the same struggle that I had when I was having thoughts of suicide at one point in time. And he said, man, I was on the same road thinking the same things. And we begin to talk and share the goodness of the Lord. Guess what that does? That motivates my will. It motivates his will of the shift that's taking place in our lives. Get you a good praise and praise prayer partner in life somebody who knows that they're all right too and y'all gonna be all right and grow together amen listen to this one here your glory flow anybody got the glory in their life yeah your glory flow can only be blocked when you allow the enemy to occupy your mind i got ahead of myself earlier with that one already next Moving with God requires you to get some tough skin. You've got to have a face like what? Isaiah talked about that when he was talking about the soon coming Messiah and all the pain and all the things that he would go through. And he said he had a face like Flint. That doesn't mean you allow people to disrespect you. That means you know how to look adversity in the face and make adversity fear you. Just because we're Christians and we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, doesn't mean that we are weak. We are men and women of great power, of great strength, of great authority. Somebody say, I have authority. So what's there? So that can be on display in your life. Don't let what people say to you hurt you so quickly. In fact, be quick. Be quick to forgive them as soon as they hurt you. And some people, let me just say this here. This is a little off key, but it might be for somebody in the room. Unforgiveness is a burden. And sometimes you got to learn how to forgive people before they say, I'm sorry. Because forgiving them doesn't make what they did to you correct. It makes you free. And so you got to have tough skin in this season. You got to be bold. It's nothing wrong with being a little sensitive sometimes because we all sensitive sometimes. But you can't let those moments ruin your whole life. You can't let a, a moment ruin your season. Somebody say, tough skin. I'm bold. See, one of the greatest things about being a child of God is when God's glory is on us, the, the glory of respect is automatically on you. You wear the garments of respect. People should honor you because of how you carry yourself in God. Are you hearing me, somebody? I remember back in the old days, I don't know if this still happens a lot because I don't really go around a lot of, you know, activity like this. But I remember back in the old days, man, if the preacher was walking down the street and guys were drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes, they'd go to hiding it and throwing it away and stuff. Or I remember sometimes I'll go in a barbershop and they'd be in there playing. There's a whole lot of money in, a, in, a, in all that crazy, right? Man, and they cut the music off, man, and say, oh, Pastor Marcus just walked in. Now, do we ask him to do that? No. Do we require that? No. But there's something about God's glory on your life that makes people want to respect who you are. Whether you're a preacher or you just gave your life to the Lord this morning, something shifted on you. And you got to be tough in this world because people will nag at you, they'll poke at you, they'll mess with you, they'll criticize you. But I've learned how to take criticism as free advertising. When somebody write a negative blog about me, Man, I'll be getting ready to share it. I'll be like, well, listen to their opinion. 
They talk about my book. Oh, well, he's talking about this on that book. And he's talking about being blessed. And he's talking about this. He never talks about hell. I said, man, you just let somebody know that don't want to hear too much about hell, but they want to hear about heaven. Go buy my book. So flip the script on the enemy. Your mind is renewed to do that. How about this? Speaking the language of God sets the atmosphere and tone for your life. So eliminate complaining. Paul talked about having your mind renewed. When our minds are renewed, we don't complain because our mind is not on what we need to complain about. Praise eliminates confusion. Or complaining. No, both of them. (laughs) Praise eliminates complaining. So if you take more time praising God for the good, you automatically eliminate complaining. So every time you feel like complaining in this season, flip it into praise. Are you hearing me? Speaking the language of God sets the atmosphere and tone for your life. Why do I say speaking? Speaking is allowed. Speaking is audible. You hear it. Like how music sets the tone. Sets the tone for a lot of things. Your speaking sets the tone. Your words are the soundtrack for your future. So start speaking out loud the things that you desire. Speak what God places on your mind out loud. And don't complain about how you don't see it. Praise for it in advance. Y'all, don't touch that clock. God's creative power for wealth flows through you when you're in constant fellowship with God. I'm talking about your mind. Wealth there. I'm talking about an abundance and overflow of everything necessary in your life. That word riches, sometimes people limit it to just money, but riches is anything in your life needed. It comes in overflow fashion. So the creative power for wealth or the creative power for riches flows when you're in constant fellowship with God. Because God is speaking to you. How many of you got some creative ideas flowing? Because your mind has been renewed and you, you, you feel like you're good enough to have those creative ideas flow. Let me tell you something. It flows when you're in fellowship. I tell this to people and some people get mad at me when I say this, but I believe it. I believe it. I believe it and I live it. Jesus is the greatest business partner you could have had. The old saints would say he's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's a doctor in the sick room. I say he's a great power broker in the business room. Those ideas you have, God gave to you. So that's why we got to call them God ideas and not just good ideas. Amen? And how about this one? Divine rest is necessary. I'm talking about your mind now. Renewing your mind. Get these things in your mind today. Divine rest. Somebody say divine rest. Is necessary if you desire to have divine strength to manifest your God-given assignment. Divine rest says, Lord, I'm going to stop trying to be you and handle everything. My mind has been renewed, so now I know that you're in control. I'm a vessel. I'll do what you say do, but until you speak, I'm going to take my hands off of this family situation. I'm going to take my hands off this financial situation. I'm going to stop trying to force things to shift in my body. I'm going to stop trying to force things to shift in my ministry. I'm going to take divine rest and relax knowing that you're in control and you've got this. When you take divine rest, you release stress. When you take divine rest, you say goodbye to the burden of trying to fix everything. And when you say take divine rest, the peace of God shows up for you. Peace is not for after storms. Peace is for storms. 
So taking divine rest in the now is proof of your trust in God's ability and willingness to deliver you from what you've been trying to fix. Somebody say relax. relax. Say relax in God. And then last, but certainly not least, and this is where I feel like running through the church, but I don't know if y'all do that here. I got hops. I can, I can leap straight up that balcony and run. Say this one out loud with me. Praise and worship in advance is proof of your trust in God and trust in his ability and willingness to answer your prayers. Anybody in here believe that you are all right and good enough for God to answer your prayers? The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. After you delight yourself in him, guess what? Your desires will change to match his desires which are always greater than your original desire. Praise and worship in advance is proof that you know he's already going to do it, that he's already done it, that it's already done. Not because he's able, but because he's willing. He's willing to do all these great things because you were willing to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind there's a reward in that which the Bible tells us in the New Living Bible there if you can put Romans chapter number 12 verse 1 and 2 back up in the New Living Translation the reward after all of that your willingness which is good pleasing Imperfect. Your reward is good, pleasing. Your reward is good, pleasing, and perfect. What God has for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. So even though you're looking for that reward to come to you, just imagine. That even in all of our flaws, when God looks at us, he rewards us with the good, pleasing, and perfect. Because when he sees you, he sees you as good, pleasing, and perfect. How do I know this? How do I know this? I'm going to close with this. How do I know this? How do I know it? Go to Psalm 139. Quickly. This is how I know it's true. This is how I know that God sees us this way. Psalm 139, verse number 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well do I know it? He's talking about you. Somebody say, He's talking about me. He's talking about me. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. 
And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.